0: You know when you enter a room for the first time and you don't know too many people and you're hoping that somebody will just uh, open up their heart and come and say hello to you? Well, that's what happened to me. I went to a prayer breakfast, uh, a city prayer breakfast, and uh, among the many people that were there, I met this beautiful man, James Goss. He welcomed me, he spoke to me, and he encouraged me. And um, this is uh, maybe almost 10 years ago, when I met him for the first time. And it was just wonderful to journey with him since. Uh, He has traveled the world, he is a local man, but he has seen so many wonderful things, both in Asia and other places, a lot in Fiji, uh, Mongolia, and other places. He's uh, still local, he's still investing in the Kingdom of God here in Perth, and it's a privilege to have him at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Welcome, James Goss.
1: Thank you, Nathaniel. Good you morning. probably don't remember uh, one of those prayer breakfasts I mm, came to. No, I don't. No, as you recount that, I, um, I, don't, I don't recall that. But you were a regular to yeah, those prayers. Yeah, I was a regular. And yeah. uh, probably remember meeting you, but I don't remember the... Yes,
0: yeah, so I came, um, somebody invited me mm. uh, to this prayer breakfast, and you know, the first time you go to a place, it's it's a bit unnatural. You know, you don't know what happens. Do you know anybody? Who will you talk to? What's the schedule? How things are gonna unfold? Hmm. And uh, it's just, I think when when you realize that everybody there welcomes you, hmm. but only a few of them actually step out to do it, uh, you're very grateful for those people. Hmm. That mm. make uh, just the entrance into that room, into that network, into that environment a lot better.
1: That's good. I'll take notes of that and remind myself in <laughs> the <that> future.
0: <laughs> so you've come a long way uh, before that prayer meeting, obviously to yeah. pray a lot. Uh,
1: what's yeah. your prayer like, like <laughs> <laughs> life like? I uh, I like praying. I think of all the things I do, get joining with others and praying has to be the highlight of my week. Yeah. And I, I schedule it, a number of things, which I, as much as I can, lock that in. So other things fit around it. Because I, I think communing with God, I mean, prayer is such a huge thing, isn't it? But sure. we're just talking about communing with God, worshipping God, mm. being together, hearing the voice of the Father. Mm. Uh, that's thrilling. Because I, I guess over the years, my, gui- my life's been guided by that. And moments, you do hear from God. Sure. Yep. So that's prayer. It's interesting, you know, with prayer, uh, we had a discussion
0: recently with some of our friends about prayer and the devotional that they have every morning and how easily that can become a ritual Mm. and not, you know, and they asked me, well, what would you call that, you know? And I said, I think the best way to define that is intimacy with God. Mm. You have to get to that intimate level. Otherwise, it's just a routine. It's something... That a lot of religions do, both Christians and other other religions. Yeah. But it's the intimacy, it's the close connection that you have with God,
1: which makes the whole difference. Yeah, yeah, and that can take different shapes and forms. I mean, I, I think the other side of things where you do see people becoming religious about it. Yeah. And religious, um, you know that. You know, I, I think that becomes dry and dead. Religion is dry and dead. Jesus never into religion, but intimacy and, you know, whatever we're doing. I mean, yeah. I, I guess prayer, we want to make times, but, you know, prayer is talking. Pray without ceasing. Yeah, Everything. so
0: it is a possibility.
1: Yes, it is. Yes.
0: It's interesting. Um, yesterday, actually, a, one of my clients in coaching got baptised. And I've been coaching this gentleman for one and a half years as a businessman. And inevitably, it you know, we started speaking about spirituality. And in the last few months, it was spiritual coaching. It wasn't emotional intelligence coaching anymore. Mm. It was spiritual intelligence coaching, if you mm. want to put it that way, mm. you find it. And uh, when he testified before he got baptized yesterday, he said, I had so many challenges in the last couple of weeks and so many um obstacles to try and stop me from getting baptized and he said one day it was so difficult that i didn't know what to do so he said i got in my car and i just prayed for five hours yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i thought how wonderful this is i mean this man is just you know just beginning his journey with the lord he is just getting baptized uh And he's already done a five-hour stint with God Mm. in prayer. Whereas, you know, most of the Christians that I know have never done a one-hour full stint with Mm. God, let alone five hours, Mm. you know. So prayer is something that, uh, unless it's a priority, unless it's something big in your life, it won't happen.
1: Yeah, indeed. I think we have to do that. But that's the starting point. I think as we begin and our life becomes a communion with God, then we give God space to speak to us when we're not expecting us. I think for me... You're awake. We, Vigilant. When awake, yeah. I mean, you know, if we're communing with God, if our whole life is there, then we shouldn't be surprised that he wants to speak to us when we're not expecting it. I mean, I've heard from God more clearly when I've been mowing the lawn or having a shave than I have when I've been, you know, hours and hours of prayer and fasting. That's right. Or playing a game of tennis. I remember playing a game of tennis once, and the Lord spoke to me clearly about a change in direction. Mm. Now, so that's that's prayer. A whole life ought to be, but you know, there's life. We got to get on. There's kids. There's families. There's work. That's right. Mm.
0: So where where did it all start for you? You grew up in Perth. Mm. Born in Perth. Born in Perth. Yep. You no, know, not many people that I interview
1: are born in Perth. No. <laughs> no, no. One of uh, one of eight. The second of eight children. Wow. Mm, so a good Catholic family. So we were raised, and uh, I guess instructed that God was real. Um, and a twin. And a twin. Yep. Yeah, I have a younger sister, um, or two younger sisters. One is just twenty minutes younger, <laughs> which I remind her about. Yes. Yeah. So we're very close. Um, yeah, so growing up in a family, um, going to church, Mass was a very much part. And in fact, I was a, an altar boy, some people you might know that. And so back then, the last, of the, the whole of the Mass was done in Latin. And I could recite the whole of the Mass without looking at the uh, the book. And it was just uh, just verbatim.
0: As a, as an altar boy, did you have to recite it or you only heard it?
1: Uh, we had to recite it because it was... I guess the altar boys responded to the priest, as okay. the whole of the Mass was done in Latin. So I did that well, and I, I grew close to the Lord, although there were moments I got caught one time just tasting the altar wine before the priest came out, so I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I was mischievous like that, but I had a love for God, and I remember one time, about 11 years of age, I put my hand up for vocations, so I wanted to be a priest. Okay. And they took me aside in a room and said, "Look, we've uh, we're really excited that you want to be a priest, but we've got some terrible news for you. We've looked at your Latin results. You've best you've done in Latin is twenty eight. You'll never make a priest." <laughs> and it was just like it was devastating. I, I was so sold out. I, I How went, old were you? Twelve. About, about eleven, twelve years of age. Yeah. Whoa. Hmm. So you know, they said, no, "I'm sorry, you won't you won't make it," and it burst my balloon, and I. You know, it was so uh, profound, the impact. I still remember where I was when they told me. Yeah. Um, But, you know, God has ways. So I picked myself up and went on and I guess maybe figured that's really, as best you can as an 11, 12-year-old boy, that there were other things I had to do. So I, I, I guess I, to be honest, I grew a little bit colder with God. I thought, well, I wasn't going to be a priest. I can... Well, I suppose like a lot of Catholics, yeah. a lot of Christians, you know, you have God on your, your terms. Sure. You know, when you want to get up to mischief, you want God a long way away. Mm. When you want God, you want him close. You know, sort of uh, God on, on my terms, God. Yeah. Mm. doesn't always work like that, but that's what I sort of ordered. So you grew up in Scarborough? North Beach. North Beach, yeah, on James Street, Being and your name is James? Uh, no, 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 no. That was uh, James Street. We used to go there on holidays. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was nice. Uh, no, Kitchener Street, our folks bought the old convent in Kitchener Street. Okay. And uh, myself and, uh, well, seven siblings uh, had our own little dormitory. Nice. So that was nice, uh, the former convent. Yeah, oh, so we were, we were close to God, but the family was... Dysfunctional. I thought uh, my dad was unwell. Um, he had some illness. He was a brilliant man, science teacher, and, but uh, kids took advantage of him and played on his weaknesses. Yeah. So, Dad, I guess what do you do? You come home and you take it out on the kids, don't you? Your own family. And so he was quite cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up hating my dad. Mm. In fact, uh, my dad left probably about 12 years of age. Uh, which was the hardest day but the, the happiest day of my life because there there was a lot of conflict in the family. So my, he left the family? Yeah, left the family, took off. So I left mum with eight kids. My youngest brother was three months old. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so where did he go? Went to Sydney, um, worked across there. I think he was in a, a mental hospital for a while, recovering, and then eventually moved himself from classroom, did an online Uh, training. But, um, yeah, I lost contact. In fact, he used to remember my birthdays because I knew he'd send a birthday card because I knew he'd never put any money in it. I'd rip them up because I pretended he was dead. That was how I coped with it. Yeah. So, yeah. So was it a mental illness that took him away? Yeah. yeah. Depression and bipolar. I guess they didn't know it particularly back then, but, yeah, schizophrenia. Yeah. yeah, so different sides of him. He can be very nice, but yeah. then switch and very physically abusive.
0: And your mum must have been
1: very strong. She had she to be. She had to be. Yeah, no, She was. Uh, she's my hero. Yeah. <laughs> she's with the Lord now, but, yeah, lovely lady, yeah. So, and your family's pretty close, your brothers, sisters? Yeah, we are. We are. Well, you know, we don't catch up. They're all in Perth. We don't see each other often. But when we do catch up, I mean, always at Christmas will it catch up. I mean, with kids and grandkids, it just becomes bigger than ben her. but yeah. uh, um, when we do catch up, it's always nice and occasionally I'll keep in touch with some of my brothers, they're Christians, so we'll have a coffee together but we certainly don't live, you know, with each other.
0: So two big blows when you were a 12-year-old, one was the Catholic priest mm. telling you that you can't become mm. what you wanted and also your dad leaving, mm. pivotal period for a young man. Yep, yep. What What followed? Uh, let's say, 12 to 16 to 18, that period of life?
1: Um, I, well, went into work. I got a job with the PMG back then, um, so as a technician and working for a while. Mum, obviously... Computer technician or...? Uh, well, I guess we're telephone technicians, so that's okay. what it was. Computers weren't around back then. No. <laughs> no one knew what a computer was. This is early 70s? That's right, yes. Okay. Yep. yep. So late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, so telephone exchange, and then there was I had various roles installing telephones, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, but because of the family, I and, and Mum, I I felt to support her, so I used to bring some income in and help her. Yeah. It was a struggle, and and you know that was that was that was good. Yeah. I drifted away. Well, I moved away to the country, worked down at Bunbury for a while, but used to come home every other weekend and be with Mum. So that forged a, a closeness that wouldn't happen in a normal family. Just yeah. Just to support her families pull together in times of difficulty. Um, Booze, cars, girls, Mariana? Uh, yeah, I mean that was part of it. Drugs surfing. really wasn't well yeah, surfing was a big part of my life, so yeah. Um, yeah, alcohol I guess as kids growing up, cigarettes, all the sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I guess I had some experiences of that looking back I can only say that the hand of God. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I drifted away from God. I, I, I used to go to church most often. It was more like out of guilt. Um, mm. So I'd sort of check into church, check out again, um, but pretty much live my own life. Yeah. However, there were instances, I was just relating to my daughter last night about uh, driving back from Bunbury or from Perth to Bunbury early one Monday morning, and I fell asleep at the road we had a very heavy on weekend not much sleep and so much so went off the road down a cliff and and still asleep and went through the bush and uh, the car came to a stop and i woke up and looked behind and the car had actually gone through two big white gums i mean i I, I couldn't have driven through them i am in in a sober state let alone where i was and i looked back and i thought wow god yeah. yeah, so there were, there were moments like that that, you know, you get your attention. And I, I went through the motions of Christianity and raised our kids, had a couple of kids. and Although my wife, um, we married in Catholic Church, she was a... How did you meet Margaret? I uh, met at Rottnest Island, uh, boys weekend. She was across there with some of her girls and I was across with a couple of mates. And yeah. I said to two of my friends, I don't like yours much because I spotted... Margaret, she was quite attractive, and uh, yeah, we met, and long story, probably a little bit over 12 months later, we married, mm-hmm. so quite young. What was her bra- background? She was a local girl? Yeah, local girl, a uh, injury country girl, Okay. Yeah. and then uh, grew up in the country, went to St. Mary's, mm-hmm. uh, Anglican, yeah. traditional Anglican, Yeah. yeah. so we, we connected with God. But um, obviously, to get married, we couldn't get married in the North Beach Church because she wasn't a Catholic. We found a priest and got married in the Catholic Church. But it was more going through the motions, I suppose. It was when I had children; they began to really begin to reflect on uh, on God and, and the importance. I suppose my responsibility of training them up as that, that you know, knowing that there is a God, although I really didn't know him myself. It was. I knew God was, was there. Yeah. But I, I guess it wasn't until I went overseas that I... So how many children did you have? So we had two, went overseas. I, I, I Again, this was a miracle. That was an answer to prayer. Yeah. Because I got a job... Um, as a telecommuter, I moved out of the technical side, went into technical training, and then management training. But yes. I cracked a job overseas as a telecommunications management consultant. Okay. Which you know had me rise the ladder of success enormously yes. beyond my wild expectations. I mean, I've been doing some studies, and uh, but I hadn't even finished my first degree. And they, the Australian High Commission, actually challenged it. They said, "No, this guy isn't hasn't an undergraduate degree, let alone a postgraduate." Yeah. And they said, "Look, we've, we've advertised all over Australia. He's the best candidate. You can make up your own mind." So I I was most surprised. Traveling business class and you know living the life, living the life, and all of this, and it was like God. So you moved to Sydney or where? Uh, was moved moved to Canberra? Fiji. No, moved. oh Fiji. Fiji. So yeah. I was based in Suva, and after the first with the months, family, fam- everybody, so went. the whole family went. Yeah. yeah. And we had a very luxurious three-story home overlooking Suva Harbour. We had servants. We, it was almost like I, I had to pinch myself. Did this really happen? Surreal. But I prayed this little prayer in a Catholic church, I remember. I said, God, if you get me this job, I'll, uh, I'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very dangerous prayer. And I, I had in my mind, I'll, help, I'll go to church and maybe help to take up the offering or, uh, or hand out the, the brochures, the bulletins. Yes, you know God's going. Oh, if only you knew, Sonny. <laughs> so the first twelve months, we we had a life of Riley. You know, it was rucksack club down the resorts, weekends. We, I was part of an adventure club, so I used to organise a lot of, you know, running. You you name it. It was yes. all of that. But in the midst of that, and these cocktail parties at the Australian High Commission there, and I remember thinking about all of this, and God was obviously working my life just the 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 fickleness and you know there was all of this and she was jumping into bed with this one's husband and you know all of that nonsense and all of the life that goes with that and I thought I don't want this you know I you know this life I've I've really achieved everything I wanted to you know great home family money everything position but there was an emptiness. Mm-hmm. and I, I figured that anyway long story short I met a guy who was a Nigerian working at the university he was a management consultant in Fiji in Fiji and then a Chinese man began to challenge me um, yeah, about being born again and, and so a number of things began to come together at one stage mm-hmm. uh, I remember rolling up at work one morning and uh, in my office I'd uh, I'd been out. I'd, but I was running a senior management course. I had the heads of 10 of the island countries in Fiji for this senior management course. Yes. And I uh, I rolled up in the morning, stone drunk. <laughs> Absolutely drunk. And, uh, I mean, it was totally unlike me. And I had to run the course. I remember going into my office. Yes. And I could visualise my... I snuck in through the back way. Uh, I mean, it was just like a setup up on... I began to see myself standing up lecturing, although I couldn't. My head was quite fuzzy and falling over and then realising that, you know, alcohol. And my whole life flashed before me. It's like all the years of study, all the preparation to getting this job. And I just put my head down at my desk and wept. I said, God, I'm just a hypocrite. I'm just fickle. But if you can get me out of this spot, I'm yours. Wow. And what happened next, I cannot describe it. Um, in the midst of my tears, uh, my the whole room filled with light. Mm. We talk about Saul's experience on the road to Damascus. I yes. came, this room filled with light, and in instant, my drunkenness was gone, and I was filled with such joy. and actually, I was dancing in my office. In fact, the cleaner was outside, and he's looking so um, and I looked at my my watch. I knew I had to start lecturing, and I walked yeah. out of there. It was like I was walking above the ground. Yes. I walked in a lecture all day, and I was as fresh as anything. Wow. I, so that was my encounter with God. At the end of the week, we had uh, the Uniting Church from Canberra was across doing a series of crusades, and my wife and I both went to the, C- the civic centre yes. and gave our lives to the Lord. And the the turnaround was dramatic for both of you. For both of us, yeah, it was just like night and day. So instead of Sundays, um, as I used to do, I was quite a socialite, organising parties and boats and kegs of beer across to do that. Here is now me going to the college. We had uh, over 150 students from 12 island countries. So I was now going to the centre and- Ministering. uh, Ministering, yeah. (laughs) People thought, oh dear. (laughs) So you were helping God out now? I was helping God out, I had no idea. Yeah, so that was good, and you know, of course, people saw the remainder. They thought he's caught something like a cold or shock yeah. horror, but uh, this will wear off. But it only got worse.
0: So. Fiji is quite a Christian nation, so yeah. there would have been a lot of local ministry that you could have done while you were there. We did.
1: I I was involved. Got really into it. Uh, we're part of the Baptist Church to start with, um, but that was problematic because they were speaking about. I began to speak in tongues. And, oh. that, and, and in the church, they said the speaking in tongues was not for today. It went out with the early church. Uh, uh, that, that was problematic. Anyway, we sent Jordan the Assemblies of God Church and met with other Christians. No, we, I'm involved in prison ministry. We started the uh, first chapter of Prison Fellowship International uh, under Chuck Golson's yes. ministry. Yes. Yeah, so we started that. No, and then I began to go to the islands. Unfortunately, what happens in a country when you have white skin like this... Doesn't help. Well, it doesn't help because they immediately assume that, you know, you're an expert. Yes. Well, I was in my field of telecommunications management. But not with the Bible. Not in the Bible. I got myself into a spot, I think it was in the island of Tuvalu one time, only been saved a couple of weeks, opened my big mouth, the pastors came and picked me up in the middle of a forest and drove me on this bike. Anyway I said to him I said, It's great we can have a meal together this year. I said there's a lot going on here, there seems to oh yeah no we've got a special guest coming. We're gonna eat and then we're gonna have a meal after and then we're gonna have a service. I said, Oh that's good, who's speaking? He said, you are <laughs> I thought, Oh dear What do I do now? Um, how do I tell him? I've only been saved two weeks. Yeah. See, you know, you just they just assume. Um, and I, I, in that moment, I thought, I'm working my way back through this forest, can I? And it was getting dark. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God got me through. But yeah, I, I, I was pretty cautious from then on. So, yeah, I mean, we. So, did... how
0: long was this honeymoon period in, uh, in Fiji? We stayed there for three years. Three years. Mm. So, you were saved after the first year?
1: That's after the first year, yeah. So, a couple of years was... of
0: good mm. ministry, good. Yeah. Probably some of the best period of your life.
1: Yeah, well, look, it was. I mean, you were dropped in the deep end, way yeah. over depth, so no discipleship, no anything. You were just mm. really, and you assumed, so you had to grow. Yeah. Um,
0: and Did you have any mentors? Uh, was the Nigerian man still around? He
1: was still around, but no, I guess, you know, because we were distant. No, you sort of grew on your own, really, um, met a lot of people. I uh, just, my own sense of reading the Word and studying and, and God. I knew then, I had to come back. So when I came back, I went to Bible College. Okay. But, um, yeah, so... So you I, came back to Perth? Came back to Perth. Went to Hebron College mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Belga. was part of the Shiloh Faith Centre. Well, we uh, bought that building. Oh, yes, yes. I had an office in there for oh, right. a number okay. of years. Yeah, so we were part
0: of the Shiloh Faith Centre. It's funny, um, John, you know, uh, I'm going to have John Finkeldy next week, actually. Oh, okay. All I'm right. interviewing him and... When I met up with him, we found out that we shared the same office. Oh, wow. It was his office that I took
1: over. Small <laughs> mm. world. Small world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so look, that's, uh, that was my life. Fiji was a good time, but a, a growing time, a stretching time. Yeah. Mm. And you really, uh, you know, I have a saying, we have to live life looking forward, but it's better understood looking back. Yes. And when we look back, we can see the hand of God and, and, oh, I see, that was why, oh, I understand now. And all of these things that you you see clearly guide, uh, God guiding and directing. But, you know, it was funny, when I was in Fiji, I was saved and uh, one of the first impressions I felt God speak to me was um, take me back to that moment when I was rejected by the Catholic Church yes, and that pain in my heart. And he said... I saw that hand mm. and I knew your call, but it just was not the right time. Now it was. So it was like God brought a healing into my heart. Sure. He said, now I've called you to be a minister. In fact, my wife was quite concerned because she was quite convinced and God spoke to her that I was to be a minister. Yes, um, Although it, she was a little bit alarmed because she knew the understanding of ministers, Lord, uh, you keep him, <clears throat> God will keep him humble. The church will keep him poor. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and we had quite a quite a comfortable lifestyle. Yeah. But you know, and you know, as we know, you know, God always provides. Sure. Yeah, and He loves to do it. He, so
0: you returned back to Perth. Yeah. Uh, you continued working in the in the telco.
1: Yep, uh, went there for twelve months. Um, then went to Bible College, and effectively, I I resigned after that. I they were talking about redundancies, but I I felt God speak to me about resigning um, to serve him so yeah. there was a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a hiccup there in that but eventually we we connected um, with with God went to Bible College connected with the church uh, I was offered a church at Bible College it was up in Port Hedland, but um, I came home all excited to share with my wife and she said I'll help you pack your bags <laughs> <So> I thought <laughs> I'm oh, not going. that does not it doesn't look good, you know, new pastor going. And look, I, I thank God for that now because yeah. it would have been an absolute disaster. I was still, Not really. I was still wet behind the ears. It was a, a church going through major issues, you know, yeah. chewed up and spat out pastors more than breakfasts. Um, oh. Yeah, it was, it was difficult. Yeah. Anyway, uh, eventually, you know, God connected me with the church and so I was on staff there for seven years in the city. So it was a church connected, you might remember Neville Neville Johnson um, in the mid-80s um, came, it was F- Frank Holkren and then they planted a church, King City Church uh, into Perth so I, I went out mm-hmm. shortly after that. Um, I what guess, was that in In, in Murray Street, Perth, okay. 381 so, well we had a couple of locations but eventually ended up there. Was yeah. it a Church of Christ? No, 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 Assemblies of God. Okay. Mm. That's so, uh, yeah, that was an interesting period and then... Guess, and your
0: mission work, uh, did it carry on or at that time there was no overseas the, mission?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the church had a heart for India yes. and so we used to take teams to India, so it was good. I travelled on a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fiji, Lord really impressed upon me about Fiji and in a remarkable way I went back and did some ministry in Fiji Yes. and uh, this was their son coming home. So that was quite exciting and travelling to different parts. Beautiful. Um, But, yeah, so within me I knew that there was this missionary DNA Mm -hmm. uh, at my core. And uh, a few years later I... um, Yeah, so I I came out of the church. I I suppose I became a little bit despondent. You you don't know what's happening at the time, um, but you do know that there I am preaching week to week to the same people... With seemingly little response, and yet, within this heart, as thousands dying, uh, I read something. You know, every time the clock ticks once, someone dies around the world, never hearing about Christ. That's right. And that and that disturbed me. That really troubled me. I thought, how can I sit here in a comfortable church doing this? So, but there was a number of things. You know, we <clears throat> we can have a mental understanding of these things. Yeah. But but actually taking the step of faith to do something. Uh, can be sometimes a little bit different. So God has ways of levering us out, and I won't go into all the detail of that, but it was a number of things came together at the same time that encouraged me to move out, walk by faith, um, step out. It was a little bit on from there. So I had nothing. I I basically came out and... um, I thought, God, where are you? And I thought she told me. And then a door opened. Um, because I was travelling, uh, I knew many ministers across the city. Someone contacted me. He yes. said, look, someone's coming in a China ministry. Would you uh, would you organise some meetings? I said, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, missions is in my heart. Uh, yeah. China's never really been. But I'd ha- love to. So I connected some ministries. And I heard him speak. This is Ross Patterson. And had heard him speak a few times over the week. He said to me, I think God's speaking to me and you to me about you and China. I said, That's interesting. He's saying nothing to me. Yeah. Again, in a in a fascinating way that would take too long to explain, God brought the pieces together. Yes. He reminded me that he'd used a Chinese man in Fiji to lead me to faith in Christ. That's right. The first man I led to the Lord Devlin R. Sam in Fiji was a Chinese man. Wow. The church in Perth, over half the people were of Chinese descent. Mm. And there, God was calling me to China. And it was like... Okay. I didn't get the handwriting on the wall, but it was the next best thing. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so through a process, you know, God stepped out. And, you know, for 15 years, that I, w- I was involved in leading teams... Yes, and, and we took books and Bibles and all of that I love that but my passion and I suppose that's where the real prayer thing was birthed because uh, i take prayer teams away and we'd pray yes. for a couple of weeks ah. and I'd say to people chuck your watches away because we're here with God and we'd pray in hotel rooms we'd climb to the top of mountains yep. we'd pray down by the riverbeds. beds yep. predominantly praying for unreached people groups yes. that had never heard the gospel now, you know, um, the Lord spoke to Habakkuk, that I will do a work in your day that you would not believe even if you were told. Yes. I, I've saw God do things that I wouldn't believe yeah. unless I saw them. Yes. Some of the encounters. So there's a book in the making. I'm not very good at writing, but one day when I get old,
0: <laughs> when, when I retire... How
1: far are you through it? Uh, probably, probably a third. Oh, well done. Mm, but... Yeah. Have so, you given it a title? Um, no, not really. Not really. I mean, high adventures with Jesus, or something like that. You know, yeah. because really, it's you know the testimony of these adventures yeah. of 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 meeting God uh, as as we pray. Well, so I, I can't suppose, wait to read it. Hmm. Yeah, I look forward to reading so, it too one day.
0: Yes, <laughs> um, you just got to be a
1: bit stubborn and just go for it. I think so. Yeah, at the moment, I there's too many things. I'm juggling too many balls. Uh, but probably part of my thing. But, yeah, you know, I, you know I, I'm realising I'm not getting any younger. I suppose the scripture... Nobody that, is. No. <laughs> Teach us to number our days. Days, yeah. Our days, that we might apply our heart to wisdom. That's been my challenge. And, you know, I, I guess that's the challenge for me in the church, for people, is they hear God... But one day. And they delay and put it off in the presumption yeah. that they'll have one day. Yeah. And and actually, the enemy actually gives them a sense of comfortness. Yes, okay, that's fine. I'll let them sit with that. They'll do great things for God. Yes. But actually, never actually do. But today, you hear his voice. Yes. Today. Today's the day. Yeah. And so this putting off, delaying these things, I, I, I think part of the reason why the church is in the state it is, because we've sat back on ease, and one day I'll get. One day I'll get yeah. to this. Procrastinate. Procrastinate. Just let it go. Yep. So um, yeah. So you know, the book's not really important. Um,
0: what I'll, are some of the roles you have at the moment? Role. You said you were juggling many balls. What are you? Some of the well, things I that I you're involved with. Well, I guess I
1: work with? my tent making ministry. I work as a chaplain. Okay. Was a hospital chaplain at Royal Perth and Bethesda Hospital, but I yes. dropped those off. I'm simply working in aged care now. Yes. I shouldn't say simply; it's a real honour and privilege because I get to sit with people at the end of their life, hmm. meet their a families, lot of wisdom. and uh, yeah, and just be into. And of course, uh, inevitably, um, ask me to do funerals. Then I have a chance to share many cases Metis. of the hope that they have. So I get to share the hope that this person had with all of their families. Beautiful. Ah, oh, sis. I, How many I, days a week is that? Look, I, I do three days a week. Most weeks it ends up with four, with call outs and funerals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's you're one.
0: also part of Perth Prayer.
1: Perth Prayer, yeah, So I'm part of that and part of the leadership, and try and get there two days a week if I can. Well, we had John Yates here as well.
0: Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> he was one of the first ones we've yeah. had at Kingdom Stories. Amazing testimony, beautiful life. Yeah. And he's involved with Perth Prayer. Yeah.
1: No, John is an outstanding man. I have highest regard for John. Just as a man of prayer, but prophetic, prophetic yeah. insight, yeah, prophetic gift is a gift to the body of Christ. Tragically, been misunderstood over the years. Yes. Um, even by myself, but you know, <laughs> um, I treat John as count John as a friend. Yeah, same here. Yeah. He's mm. he's a great,
0: great voice in my in my mm. life. So.
1: So, I, I do that. I'm in Mongolia, of course, is the other thing that yes. consumes a lot of my time.
0: So, in Mongolia, you support a number of uh, ministers and businessmen, ministers, marketplace ministers? Look, well, we have three,
1: three centres we've operated in. We support the local church doing of it. Of course. So, the ministry, Mongolia Care or Mongol Halam, is actually run by locals. Yes. Um, and we established it. I, I first went there in 2000. We began to see something and began to. Making Steps, 2005, we were registered, so probably over the last 15, 16 years, we've seen, and the last couple of years, COVID, of course, things have slowed down, but we've established three centers across Mongolia, one up near the Russian border, one down in the Gobi Desert, and one in the capital, um, where we help people that wanna um, change their life, get serious, better life. A lot of people went into prison it surprised people when I share with them that yes. a lot of the first generation of pastors in Mongolia when Russia left in the early 90s were actually criminals. They'd come to faith in Christ in, in prison. Yes. And God began to move in prisons. Yeah. Um, but, you know, today, no social security across the nation. People come out unless there's any support of their family. Yes. They're back on the street committing violence and crime. Yeah. I remind my kids if we'd been in, born in Mongolia in the early 90s, we would have been, I'd be a criminal. Yeah. I'd do whatever it takes to feed my family. That's right. So, you know, we've seen God move. A lot of people come out, Christians, not all of them, um, that we can help, but those who are serious about getting their lives together, yes. bring them in. And and we see, that, we see that multiple kind. But also the poorer people within the, some of the districts. So we're doing a range of things. We, I guess, spearheaded uh, domestic violence. Domestic violence was a huge problem, so we began to address that with the government and now uh, yes. made that legislation So the ministry has really expanded way beyond what we had in mind, but God always starts small, doesn't he? And it's uh, it runs by itself. Yeah. Yep, yep. Which, no, no, no. which is beautiful. I think to have that vision is very important. Yep. So and look, they don't if, yeah, depend yeah. Uh, on your presence, on your handouts. And that's probably part of the good things. Part of this COVID has been there. They've had to make. They used to hold off making because I would travel at least a couple of times a year. Yes. Now they can't. Now we can have Zoom calls and we can do that. They're making all the decisions. So, look, if the Lord take, took me home tomorrow, I know that it would continue to run. Yeah. You've started something that mm. is
0: put into motion. Mm. So uh, it's... Talking about that, what's the legacy you'd like to leave behind? What's a What's... What's some of the things you'd like to be known by for the generations that follow?
1: Well, I, I was someone who, who was in love with the Lord. I, I want to finish the race running. Yeah. I, I don't want to just fall over the line. Yes. So I, I, I suppose I want to be passionate and more in love with Jesus at the end than I was at the start. Yeah. Um. Now I know it's not possible. We all get older and yes. don't have the same energy levels. But yeah, I want that fire in my belly. I've met a few older people with that. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's a there's a fire that burns and, and a love and a passion. So for me, that's that's it. Yeah. Uh, wisdom. Yes. I mean, you look at your early years and you think, oh dear, that was. <laughs> you know, there wasn't a lot of wisdom. There was a lot of zeal, but yeah. you know, not what not wisdom. Um, yes. So I want to try and balance the two. Yes. Um, you know for my kids and grandkids to, they would be inspired to follow wonderful mm.
0: are they um local are they here in yeah perth?
1: yeah all the kids are local here in perth and where do
0: you fellowship at the moment i'm part of the warwick church of christ okay yep so. and you've spoken in our church and uh, mm-hmm. a few times in other churches yep you get invited across the city
1: yeah, no, I still do a bit of uh, itinerant ministry in that way, and churches particularly that support Mongolia. Yes, I I travel back there, you know, periodically yeah, just to show them it. updates yeah, and of course. let them know what's happening. Um, but yeah, and of course, as my role as a chaplain, there you're always preparing sure. not so much a you know a full half hour message, but you're preparing devotional. Yes, and I you know God challenged me: don't give them just scraps. Yes, give you them, make them the sure very you best. Can, some of these people, some of these people have followed me all of their life. Yes, they've served me in children's ministry. Some of them have worked overseas. Don't you give them just leftovers? Yes, well, no, I can't do it. Sorry. So, God's <laughs> what a lesson. God's jealous for his his people. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know? You know, we think about the Joshua generation. I believe that you know we need to look after, but. But but you respect and honour the older people. That yes. Because when you don't, you, you're touching me. Yeah. I love them. Wow. And and yet, unfortunately, there can be a mentality in the church, they pass their years by day. Mm. Well, maybe in some sense, in terms of productivity, if we're looking at them as an asset of worth, maybe. Yes. But some of these people, when they pray, man, they touch God. Yeah you know um, I remember one lady there and she didn't have to pray much she didn't much energy. when she prayed it was just like man she had a hotline to heaven <laughs> from the word God so I'd go in there and, to minister her and she said do you know James I think I should pray for you I said go for it <laughs> and uh, yeah so you know, we the, the church needs to make sure we respect other cultures do Aussies don't do that well yes
0: Well. wow Thank you so much, uh, James. What a a lot of wisdom you've brought here in in the story and also in the passion that you have for the Lord. Mm. Growing passion to the
1: end. Growing passion, that's right. Yeah, Yeah.
0: which is, I think, is beautiful. Um, My late uh, spiritual father, Dr. Bob Chapman, Mm. whom you knew very well as well. I did. He had that. Yeah. Uh, I was with him literally till his very last hours. Mm. And... He was passionate and loving the lord to the mm. last second mm. which is you know beautiful to see that in mm. mighty men of god and to see that in you as well mm. you know the love for god and just growing and not diminishing not diminishing Yeah. it's beautiful thank you so much for joining
1: us no, my pleasure thanks for the opportunity
0: well you've heard it from james goss Our passion should keep growing uh, as we age age doesn't really matter every day of our lives We shouldn't wait for one day, procrastinate. Uh, Maybe we should even take that out of our vocabulary, that one day I will do that. Whatever the Lord puts on our hearts to do today, we should do it. And just in obedience and with a humble heart, just get on with it. What an encouragement that is for us. Um, If you have been challenged and blessed by this story, do share it with others. Uh, Let us um, bring it wider. To the wider community out there these beautiful stories that inspire and impact people in a positive way also rate us on uh, apple podcasts uh, we love those five star ratings and uh yeah uh, come back again every week we bring brand new content here we interview new people and we thank you we're privileged to release this out there to the wider body thank you so much for being with us see you next time Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.